Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday. I'm Augie Carton. Hey, I'm John Hall. Happy National Day of Service. It's uh, MLK Day. And uh, hopefully folks are are coming back from doing something nice and meaningful while dialing us up on your your car stereo via podcast apps. Hello. Hello. Thanks for that. Um, I, I'm actually going to, I didn't even realize this would be an opportunity, but I'm going to push something for MLK Day. I think you should all watch. Um, if you all remember my first brewing partner, co-founded Carton with me, Jesse Ferguson. Yeah. Um, Jesse's wife is Sarah Kunstler. And Sarah Kunstler is an amazing civil rights lawyer and all these other things. But another thing she did was produce a documentary that I think is super important. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Robinson is the... Um, is the director and the name of the film it's on netflix is who we are a chronicle of racism in america and i really think it's important and impactful i've enjoyed watching it and i am going to for mlk day watch it with my kids for the first time um so if you're in that mood and you want to see something i think is important and support old friends of the show and brewery world they've got that film and remember to thumbs it up because it gets attacked from people who believe woke is an issue. So do all that stuff. Sorry, I didn't mean to advertise at the top of the show, but you reminded me that existed and I thought I should yeah. mention it. Netflix and learn. Netflix and learn. That's that's my new motto. That's my new motto. All right. Anyway, Zach Ross of Marlowe L. Zach, you've been on the show before, right? I'm not making that up. Nope. It was uh, no? three years ago. Oh, holy who shit. Can, so who before, can even remember what the world was like three years ago? Before was, I had my sweet gamer headset. Yeah. <laughs> it was right before the world shut down, like the yeah. week before. Really? Uh, yeah. In so the we city. were yep. yeah, yeah. in person, sitting down together. You were one and, of you were you were one of the last. Yeah. So wait, this will be a fun slice because because you're doing a thing we all know I love. It's come up a million times. And I've re-fallen in love with the idea after a little trip through the bergs of the mountains of south of France. But I don't want to get there yet because I want to, I'm hoping there's like a, a light moment here for you and you're not just an old curmudgeon like me. <laughs> but at the time, were you still with 12%? Uh, yeah. All right. So that was like, here's all the neat shit and these guys have tons of money and they've dumped all this in and here's one of the million things I can do and here's another of the million things I can do. And I'm wondering if you can put yourself in that frame of mind for, because it had a lot of traditional brewing and some of the things it could do, but there was also the, the modern spin. Mm -hmm. So what was exciting you then to now that you've got possibly the most perfect situation in the world, what, 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 what was the pivot point? Where were you like, yeah, you know what? Fuck these toys. I'm going to go open a proper pub. <laughs> well, I mean, so I was brewing, I was the head brewer for 12%. So I was brewing for all of the brands uh, every day. So it was my full-time job was brewing for like 25 to 30 different brands, um, usually four turns a day. And then what size house? Uh, 30 barrel. And then most oh, wow. of the fermenters are 60s. So nice. it was just, it was a grind. You know, I got to the point where I was able to brew like four and a half beers within a 10 hour workday. 
So I was just cruising, you know. Just and just then... so you people at home, thieves, just so you know, that represents my tons of money to build the place because that means you're on a five vessel system. <laughs> like yep. how big how big was this 30 barrel? Like it's not just, hey, we've got a cool 30 barrel. It's you've got at least four vessels there, right? Yeah, we had four vessels and then an extra boil kettle. Jesus Christ, that's a fucking factory. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think I ever realized that part of it. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of things like, you know, wood fooders and you know, re rehydration <laughs> tanks. I'm not thinking of of basically a tiny little AB. That's neat. Yeah, anyway, go was, on. I don't I it don't was nuts. <laughs> um, and so I was running, you know, I was able to start Marlowe um as like a side project while I was doing all the work for all these other brands. And just basically running the business through my phone uh, via Instagram. You know, it took me two and a half years, I think, to get a Facebook page because I just didn't have time to set up a Facebook page. So I'd be brewing beers for other people and like taking a picture real quick and then posting about it and write about it while I was in the middle of brewing three different beers at the same time. So it was just very, very chaotic. And then the pandemic happened. Um, shortly after I launched Marlowe. So I launched in, in October of 2019. Wow. And then, wow. So wait, yeah. did we talk about this on the show? Were you not talking about this? I feel like I think I just didn't have a suggest... full concept of what was going on. I was just kind of <laughs> so new to like in the, the system. Works. Yeah, it was already launched. I think we talked in March of 2020 okay. or yeah. February. Okay. I don't think I realized that. I, I really thought of you as the twelve percent brewer. I'm sorry if that's just me being drunk when we talked. No, no, it's fine. But that you happened. were you were you were gorging yourself on popcorn, and above the crunch, you just couldn't hear a single word people were saying. Well, that popcorn was so buttery. So buttery. <laughs> so, so buttery. buttery. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, launched Marlowe, and I just stuck to like very simple, basic uh, flagship type beers. And then kept repeating those over a three-year period until it got to a point where we were making uh, my flagship paleo eager to share uh, so frequently that it, it didn't make sense for me to only run it through my phone while I was brewing other people's beers and to take a step back and just brew Marlowe beer when it was time to do that and then spend the rest of my time marketing it. So I went from working you know, 50 to 60 hours a week, not including stuff at home. Uh, to working like 40 hours a month. Wow. And it was uh, quite the shock. And I got extremely bored extremely fast and uh, was looking for an opportunity to busy myself again, which is how the pub happened. That's awesome. All right. So, so I, as I frame this next set of questions for you, I want to remind you I am tortured by being in the 48th state of states that understand beer um but one of my dreams being me not i don't think this is being an old curmudgeon beer guy but one of my dreams is being able to pick hey this beer and hey this sandwich and hey this beer and hey this croquette you know what i mean and so what parts of coming from a a real manufacturing beer approach to a a pub world what parts of that are most exciting for you for being like hey you know what if we made something like this on the beer side of the food side you know what i mean how is how is running the room satisfying your soul understanding that you're talking to a guy who will never be allowed to do that i think i mean first and foremost this is something i think about a lot Jesus. is this <laughs> being able to create uh, an experience for people and just a meeting room, a common area for people to come of all walks of life and feel comfortable, you know, like that is what really fuels my soul. It's not the money because there's less money in this than <clears throat> brewing at mass scale. You're not making that sweet, sweet, sweet <laughs> egg money these days. We will not be making that for a very long time. <laughs> Can we afford um, eggs this week? Not this week. <laughs> maybe a quarter dozen. They're going to start releasing those soon. <laughs> yeah. it's, oh, and John, I figured, John, I figured out our new business plan. We've got to make egg cartons in smaller denominations. Yeah, omelet for one. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad when the two-egg omelet is cheaper because the second <laughs> egg is caviar. Anyway, go on. <laughs> So, I mean, the, the, the cool thing about having the, 
manufacturing experience before is, you know, being able to maintain that relationship with 12%. So I'm not only brewing here at the pub in Nyack, but I'm also driving back uh, to Connecticut to brew up there because I've, you know, I'm the only person who's ever brewed a Marlowe beer and I would like to continue that as for as long as possible. So what's kind of happened is the hoppy beers get made up there because the water is pretty clean and they have uh, more versatility on how to treat, treat beers. And um, mm-hmm. they've proven that they can follow, you know, my specific instructions pretty well. And here, you know, it's hard to, to maintain multiple different yeast strains, which is not churning through as much beer. So I'm like, why not just fill every tank with different lagers that I've been interested in making for a long time. So, and you know, if I need to borrow an ale strain from 12%, I just go up there and they'll give me a keg of it and I bring it down here. And then I brew like, uh, you know, I brewed an ESB the other week just because I wanted to brew an ESB and bring that. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Now, let me ask though, because I'm wondering how deep the, the yeast, the yeast library is up there. Did you pitch Conan? Uh, no. (laughs) Okay. I have, I have used Conan in the past. Um, I do enjoy it in particular beers, but yeah, I actually yeah. use a very traditional English strain, which is different than everybody else at um, yeah. 12%. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I imagine I've never done it, but I imagine because Conan really is just, you know, some version of uh, some runaway Pac-Man version of, of what's it called? Oh, it doesn't matter right now. The one, the one that throws, uh, throws the acid but anyway um i i imagine if you treated it like cold ferment you know like like did all the things yeah it, it would act as a proper alias right if you didn't give it you know runaway temps and runaway time i imagine it would make an edsb oh, i don't sure. know though because i've never gotten around to it but conversely if you take a you know the traditional strain that i'm using um if you treat that and stress it in specific ways, it creates an almost like theolized yeast flavor profile. Um, but you have to stress it in like very weird, funky ways that I don't think people are doing in conjunction. Yeah. You mean, are you talking under over pitching or are you talking like definitely under pitching and four to 78 one day? Yeah. I mean, under pitching, fermenting higher, uh, warmer. And, you know, under pressure a little bit, you know, like just throwing all these different variables at it and stressing it and knowing that it's a a strong viable yeast that can withstand that stress, but it's going to produce different esters under those stressful conditions. Well, yeah, it would seem if you do that long enough in a pub environment, you're developing Conan, right? Because that's pretty much yeah, Conan is. Um, Cool. Neat. But let's get back to, uh, let's, so I just did a little bike trip. I was, I've talked about this on the show, so I don't want to bore the thieves, but save the highlights. A buddy and I put our backpacks on our bikes and rode from the Atlantic to the Mediterranean through the Pyrenees mountains. So, you know, in and out of Spain three times, mostly in France. And what we found as we were riding, you know, you'd get off the bike after six hours in some tiny thousand person mountain town. And you go to a cafe or a pizza place or whatever. There were never four restaurants in any of these places. But all of them seemed to dependably have what they called white, golden, and amber from a regional or local brewery. No name, no branding otherwise. Like this brewery is white, golden, and amber. And every bar had that set of three taps from a different place over nine nights of this trip. And I came home having had so much fun drinking a good white, a good golden and a good amber, maybe two of each in a day. Keep in mind, I'm doing a lot of bicycle riding. So the calories are important. You were inspired. But, well, I was, I was, I was in a 6,000 calorie deficit when I got off the bike. So six beers was not going to affect anything. They were all, you know, reasonably alcohol, good flavor, nice, clean ferments, proper ales, regional to you know france belgium spain area every now and then there'd be a lager and a fourth tap and i came home like this is what we need to get back to because you know you're in these little towns you couldn't if you tried spend more than 30 bucks on a pizza and four beers and the rooms were full of happy people that were going home at nine which is happening around america anyway at this point 
And you knew that the people running the restaurant were making enough money. The people drinking were having a good enough time. Nothing was ridiculous. And you didn't need a 20 minute conversation with your server about what made this golden a golden. And I was like, let's bring this back to America. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. Absolutely. That sounds, I mean, it sounds like you're describing (laughs) Marlon. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like I want, I want, and I understand, especially so Nyack isn't the city, but I want these places in every town that can have a reasonable business model, right? This is never going to work in New York or Boston or Philly, right? But it can definitely work in Nyack, in Asbury, uh, you know what I mean? Places where you can still get a decent building and not have to do a $10 beer to cover your mortgage. Right. Anyway, thank you for doing it. I just want it to be as soul rewarding as I'm imagining it. Cause I am trying to figure out a way to do this business model in New Jersey. Remembering once it's we, illegal. Once we get to the spring and summer, I think it'll be a different story. There is a huge biker population, cyclists population, not biker population. I was um, going to say, bro, <laughs> I ride my bike up there and I've never seen a motorcycle. Once. Yeah. Cause the tap Z is right there. So yeah. Who's chopper is this baby? <laughs> Zed. <laughs> so, um, and then the other thing that you said that, you know, people leaving by nine, that's something that we found here too, which is astounding because there are other uh, bars on this main street or adjacent to it that are open till 4 a.m. because you're allowed to do that in New York and they don't do any business until like 11 p.m. till 4 a.m. They wow. can do an entire day's business in those five hours and they'll be dead during the day. But what we found in the culture that we've created here is that people show up for like a late lunch, early dinner. And then usually the place empties out on its own by nine o'clock, which is great because we were going to close at 10 anyways, but we don't have that late night crowd at all. And people just are not attracted to this space for that, which is, you know, it's good. It's comforting. It's It's people who want to get, eat food, want to drink a couple of beers and then go home and relax with their families. No doubt. And, and let's face it, that's, that's who we need drinking. So there, there's, are you aware of a book from a long time ago? Hall, this will be where you add value because you're a writer. Uh, Thank you very much. A book from a long time ago called Travels with Barley. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he, he introduces- Ken Wells from the, from the Wall, Wall Street, Street Journal. Journal. Yeah. So Ken Wells writes this book and he puts out, of course, I mean, fuck, if I had read it yesterday, I'd screw this math up. But I'm I'm going to say it as best I remember, knowing everybody my propensity for hyperbole. But he puts forth he's that he's on a so the the story of the book thieves is it's this guy kind of vamping on the idea of Steinbeck's novel where he drives where he drives around America in search of America. This guy's driving around America in search of america through the lens of a beer glass um but one of his first stops is somewhere in the florida panhandle and it's like the world's biggest purveyor of butt or something like it's one of those bars and it has this weird claim to fame but he put some statistic out that when you switch from miller light to sierra let's say you save hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in bouncers Mm-hmm. And basically his argument was that it's just a drinking culture and that if people are drinking for flavor, they don't drink 30 beers and turn their brains off and make bad choices. And like I said, read the book. It's a good book. It'll give you the real numbers I'm making up here. But if I feel like that's the different crowd, right? Like the crowd going home at nine isn't looking to turn their brain off as much as let it rest. And the crowd going out at midnight is definitely looking to shut down thinking for four hours. You know what I mean? And I just think you can't profit on that kind of volume drinking in the craft world, right? You, it's, it's, it would cost hundreds of dollars to get that same buzz on Sierra sticking to the topic. Does that make sense for the people split or you see yeah. something different? No, absolutely. And, you know, when we first started this, uh, our partners are like, you know, we were trying to downsize and try to make this as minimal as possible. So like we don't do servers. We have a food runner who's usually me and like order everything through the bar. 
And like the partners couldn't wrap their heads around like, oh, wait, the bartender is the person taking the food orders like and they we, you want them to clean the bathrooms and they're like, what What about when I want people puke in the bathrooms like what do you they're going to want no one's going to want to clean that up and I was like people are not going to puke in our bathrooms we're a brewery like what are you talking about. So there is a uh, massive well, split. Well, one in a thousand, Will, I can tell you. Have yeah, it's it's brewery. inevitable, but it's not going to happen Again, where I'm every not Saturday. allowed to serve them food. Again, I'm not allowed to give them any, like, I'm only allowed to give them high-strength beers. But every so now it's and liquid, then. liquid, no chunks, yeah. Every now and then you get a group who that one guy is doesn't understand what 13% beer really does. <laughs> and then you're you're carefully walking him to a quiet corner for a couple minutes um all right you know we should do jama cocktail lounge is that the place i'm I'm reading the book right now i found it in my look at you with your library um but yeah so whatever it is they're like the biggest seller of bud products in america right because it's (laughs) it sounds like it's bar anticipation but with good weather all year um as they describe it. But anyway, so what brings us together on Steelers Beer is a candid conversation of beer, what it is, not what we thought it would be, what it's doing, not what we thought it would do, and how good it tastes, not what we did to get it. To facilitate that, we drink blind. Mr. Kennedy, who is not currently online, as far as I can tell, sent us, sent us these beers, obfuscated in some pretty fancy tin foil or aluminum foil. Mm. And wow, that's an old saying. Does anybody even say tinfoil anymore? Um, and we are pouring them into opaque glasses to drink them blind. Zach, John, and I are completely blind. I'm guessing, Cass, you didn't even get the beer, right? You know I don't have the beers. Don't, <laughs> I don't so know that sorry. you don't have the beers. I'm sorry. Sour. I don't know what you did to Kennedy, but you would think this guy would. Uh, you would think this guy would take care of you once in a while. Every now and then, I check. Um, anyway. What was I going to say? I love this beer, John. Yeah, no, I've been I've been sipping on it and enjoying it, and it is as we record this in mid January, and it's kind of cold and gray in winter. It has sort of come back. This is one of those beers where it, it's it's making me think of of summer cookout drinking. Of um, uh, it's kind of light. It's got a nice little hop snap to it. Uh, there's not like a you know. It, it it's just nice and refreshing and sort of lends itself to uh, I, yeah. an ice cold can outside and it's making me think but of it nice. T- like, I feel like, so you're right. It's definitely got a very lovely hoppy snap to it, but I feel like it's a very old world hoppy snap. Like it, it really feels to me like more often than not these days when I close my eyes and imagine stealing beer from my dad, <laughs> um, I think of kind of skunked Beck's hops, but this tastes to me like what Beck's would probably taste like hop wise. If you could get a keg wherever it's from, you know what I mean? Like it, it feels super classic to me. Like it's, it tastes a little bit sweeter than a Sierra, but it feels familiar like that. And I feel like when we look at it, it's going to be something I've drank a thousand times, but not in 12 years, but I also love, just how fresh it feels. Zach, it's time for you to chime in. What are you getting off this beer? Are you liking it? Uh, you know, I do initially. You know, it does have that hop snap, that bitterness, that lovely little German. Right? German it, feels, hop. it feels like an American pale ale, but with Tetnanger or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, I mean, thinking it's lager in maybe? There. You think but, it's uh, lager? So it's yeah. a little sweet, though, right? Like, yeah, it is. Are you getting that? And that's where I'm getting a little flabbiness where it's like a little sweet. There's a little, I want like a little bit more minerality on my water in a beer like this mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, to kind of like almost dry out the mouth. Um, but it's leaving just a, like a residual sweetness in my coating, my, my inner cheek. Yeah. But to if be you hypercritical, me- but if, you know, if this was yeah. a summer and I'm at a cookout, I'm going to drink 10 of these. Yeah. I've, but I feel like this is just, somebody's like john is there a beer magazine you're not mad out right now that writes recipes uh byo magazine is okay the oldest so, homebrew so, magazine so let's say awesome let's job. say we went into that we're like pale ale and they're like use 80 percent pale ale malt 10 percent, you know l40 something pitch chico 
and use Cascade hops. I feel like this is that, but yeah. with with sots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is just a pale ale that tastes like my dad's Bex. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the thing is, so when I think about, like, the pale ales and some of the, like, Sierras or... But I don't mean what we're now calling pals. I mean, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Like I understand Sierra this is... or, yeah, right. Because it's like doesn't somebody's have clone that... of Sierra, right? It just doesn't have that, like that fruitiness on the back end. Like there's always like a little bit of that, that red berry or some kind of, you know, vague nutty fruitiness uh, that exists around there. And this just is super clean uh, without that. And. I think that's one of the reasons that I'm liking it in the way that I am and that it's, it doesn't have that. I don't know that, that extra weight to it. Okay. So uh, I'm in a backyard, I'm drinking this, uh, pulling it out of a cooler and um, I'm having some sips and I'm not concentrating on the label or overthinking it. I'm just, yeah. I'm drinking for, you know, it's refreshment a and speed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like it. It's, it's, it's probably not a, like those pails we were describing before. Um, like, like how do you, how do you describe it, Zach? Like it's supposed to be fuel for the conversation, not the conversation, right? You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be the wood, not the fire. Yeah, the accent <laughs> to the experience. Exactly. Um, last thing I'd say about it is, I hope it's five percent because if it's six, <laughs> if it's six, it's going to get me in trouble because I'm going to drink three of these an hour. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like. Like I know that's speed. that's what I'm saying. This is built for for speed drinking. This is that's what I'm know, saying. Yeah, but if it's I'm if late it's to the cookout. And and wanna... I'm gonna think I'm safe because six and a half seems reasonable to an idiot like me. And then two hours into an eight hour day, John's gonna be like, "All right, let's uh, let's put you over here for a little <laughs> <Yes>. bit. <laughs> let's put See, you in adult timeout. Yeah, who here's a big oh, bowl of Doritos. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he roofied himself again. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I want to get I like it. Um, anyway, so what is it? I guess who has to do the reveal? Should uh, I tear it open? Do you yeah. know what this is, Cass? I have no idea. I don't even know where my phone is to this look at is... text messages. Oracle O R A K E L from Duchess Ales uh, Land Beer oh, nice. uh, makes sense. Pale Lager. Uh, this is a lager. Five oh, very, pale lager. Very sweet for Pastoral a lager. Pastoral German style pale lager. Uh, 5.2. So who what is funny? This? What is funny is when you were saying pale, like a pale ale, I was like, yeah. I could see that, but it would only be from Duchess if it were an actual <laughs> ale. And I was thinking that, and I should have said it because then I would have seen yeah. pretty smart. Zach, end, you've but... been on the show before. You yeah. should definitely shout that shit out. <laughs> Because if you're wrong, you're talking to me and John, and we're going to be more wrong. But if you're right, you're a fucking genius. Every now and then, I just every now and then I just throw a dart. And the and nice you know part about the show is people seem to only remember when I'm right, and they they don't they forgive me when I'm completely fucking wrong. So you crazy. always got to throw that dart. It's the first time I ever had Duchess. Was the first time I was on this podcast. Oh, I'll never you know forget what's it. Crazier yeah. is you saying that out loud makes me hope Kennedy knew that. He did. And there's no way he knew, but... It, but there's no way he followed through. Um, um hey, speaking so of wait, Kennedy, really. So wait, quick. no, 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 wait. I don't want to move on from the spear because you all know Duchess and it's not ringing a bell with me. And this will be when you tell he me came on, on the, the show. show 10 times. See, so what did we talk about with him? Don't remember. This is a great fucking beer, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying it. To be fair, as a lager, I think it's a bad lager. <laughs> as a beer, I think it's a fantastic beer. Is that fair? Because I'd agree with that. Is, yeah. That sweetness is out of line. Right. But man, is it? And it's got to be super fresh. Is there a date on it, John? Hold on. I'm peeling now. No date. Uh, no. So it Brewed feels... at Great South Bay. So get a get a date coder, fellas. But it tastes. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> but it tastes so good. It does. Mm. I would yeah, I mean, hope it's fresh out of this beer. But I don't know because they don't have a date coder. So, you know. If this isn't fresh, it's a miracle beer. 2023, damn it. Get a date coder. Get a Resolve. Make it your New Year's resolution. No, just get. You know what we did for our boxes because we can't get a date coder for boxes? Casting a Sharpie. 
No, we bought one of those really old school, like Food Town soup stampers. Oh, nice. <laughs> 99 cause, cents. Cause 99 mind, cents. 99 but keep cents. in mind, they all come with orange stamps. So I look like a fucking marketing genius. But all I did was buy like an old 99 cent thing. We write the date on it. We just hit the box with it like it's fucking tuna at fucking ShopRite. <laughs> can can sale. Um, so, hey, really quick, after I said wrapping, I don't know if anybody else had this, uh, but I had an orange, uh, I, I'm sorry, an, an onion skin, uh, like the papery onion skin fall <laughs> out of the foil no. that Justin had wrapped no. early. And the best part is I can check because he did such a fine job of wrapping this one. I slid it off like a, there's, a condom. There's a like of, I just pulled the whole thing off in one piece once I loosened skin. up the top. Papery nope. onion skin on the. Uh... Well, it's Justin, right? So that's definitely a shallot. <laughs> it could be. It he could doesn't be cook a with onions. It has the. It has the. Uh, uh, the the purplish. The purplish view of. Of shallots. Yeah, it's Either, Justin. It's yeah, a red onion a or onion. a shallot. Yeah. Onions would be too too brash for Justin's fine 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 palate. Yeah. It's definitely a shallot. All right, so this let's is going to be the new game. It's going to be <laughs> identifies shop. Justin's food waste inside of the foil. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Nyack New York. Um, so you said along the way you're still you're still lead brewing your beers at twelve percent, but you're not doing anybody else's beers. At Correct, this point, right? I okay. stopped brewing anybody else's beer in March of last so year. So along the way, explain this to me because I'm often confused. Like. In my head, I screw up a couple different businesses, and 12% is one of them. Mm-hmm. But um, when you were brewing this this ridiculous week of everybody in the world's beers, what, who were you brewing? I'm not going to ask you for their recipes, but you know what I mean. What was it? How many various styles were you having to do in, in these cycles? Like, like what? It, it sounds like a great boot camp for, for brewing, but... You know what I mean? Like how many different, com- completely different ideas did you have to do? And how many times were you essentially making the same beer for eight different people in a week? You know, citra oats, move on. Yeah, I never knew what beer. I mean, I did know. I was supposed to know what beer I was brewing for what brand. But it all just kind of ran together. And I would just be like, you know, I brewed a beer with these hops in it. And I wouldn't even know who it was for or what the ABV was. Um, just cause it all literally ran together at the same time. I'd say it was probably 95% hoppy beers, uh, usually higher gravity. And then we probably have a day where it was all stouts. And then, you know, you could brew two stouts in a day, uh, versus, you know, five IPAs or double IPAs. I'm going to interrupt you for one minute and ask if you've opened a beer two yet. Oh no, I should do that. Cause because you you just made me want to say you mean like this <laughs> oh, oh wow. lord oh wow yeah there's uh oh wow it's uh Whew. it's such a it's such a change from beer Whew. one I, my my instinct is to be mean to its sweetness because this definitely tastes breakfast cereal derived um Whew. is there a cinnamon Chex mix with marshmallows in it I'm not really a big breakfast cereal guy. This is again when we need Kennedy. Um, but if the Bolero boys were like, you know how cinnamon checks with Lucky Charms marshmallows is the best breakfast cereal in the world, I'd have to say no. And then they'd tell me they added it to a. Uh, this isn't cup. Lucky Charms marshmallows, though. This is a little bit more of that artisanal kind of floof. But I'm picturing yeah, like it's like peanut or not peanuts, but like chocolate covered pretzel sort yeah. of thing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. See, now it's exciting. What if somebody actually put chocolate covered pretzels in a beer? Because it has that like saltiness on the back end. Ooh, yeah, like that, that salted caramel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys are having a much better palate shift than me. I am still No, no, no. These first I'm couple these first couple of sips were racing as all get out from that, <laughs> yeah, that from that first, last beer. It's like that oh, first sip was like, whoa. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I opened a bag like a like literally like a Nestle Crunch bar when I had my yeah. first sip. Yeah, it's like the but Marvel movies like where the nice body is removed from the spirit kind of thing. I was enjoying my body, and all of a sudden, the spirit just pushed me into another plane of existence. <laughs> Jesus but Christ. There's some, there's some bourbon vanilla 
dignity to it if you can say that when you're talking about these kinds of flavors but you know what i mean like it's that, a that ton, woody bur- a it's not vanilla in the flavor but it, it doesn't taste like bourbon as much as it tastes like bourbon toasty wood yeah. yeah i think that's more of a malty sort of Do you think uh, that's malt yeah i'm not getting much or any wood on See, it i but... think it's honey grams and marshmallows all i can envision is like a one of those pretzel rods dipped in milk chocolate and then i like it that's all i can keep thinking about I like i'm that. also so drinking out it's... of a coffee cup so so for me it's it's i don't even know the commercial but i'm imagining a commercial from my childhood where there was one of the serial animated people who had a wand that he like twinkled over his head and gold dust that was supposed to represent cinnamon came out of the end of the thing and i'm imagining that cereal bowl full of milk in the movie, I don't think I ever tasted this thing. I think I'm making this flavor up in my head. I'm just complete. Every time I sip it, I'm imagining a little magic Keebler elf breakfast cereal thing. Anyway, all right. So let's. I wanted to get back to you, and this this distracted me because you said. Do you want to just do the reveal today. real fast? Uh, no, because I want to see if it grows with me. I think on. I'm all still right. stuck on my pale ale. It's also um, a little drier than today's typical stouts. That's, well, that's the that, thing. That's yeah. that Venice maturity I was talking about. Like, yeah. Like there's a nice finish to the wood or or the vanilla. Like if it's a marshmallow, it's judicious marshmallowing that only threw some vanilla. Anyway, but let's get back to let's get back to to. Well, I guess we're at twelve percent right now in the story, but but through the Marlowe lens. So as you come out to Marlowe and find yourself, so you you said when you're talking about your logger projects at at Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Are you are you are you cropping and jumping yeast to or is do you have a lager yeast you're using and you're just lagering your ass off at home and pale ailing away? Yeah, I mean I'm using reusing the same yeast and then uh just filling up tanks. You know, there's five ferment fermenters here and two bright tanks. So um and then dealing with seven barrel tanks versus thirty to sixty barrel tanks, like the the yeast drops out significantly quicker here. So what would take me eight weeks at 12% takes me, you know, five to six weeks here. So I'm able to, to run through a little bit um, faster of the, the lager program. And then I started um, a young lager series. So essentially a Keller beer, but just putting beers on tap a week into their lagering process wow. to, to allow people to try them um, the way that, brewers try them because you know whenever there's a new lager in the tanks as a brewer you immediately go to it once it's carved (laughs) and you're just pulling it off the tank so you're tasting it throughout its maturation process and giving people the option to do that here i think was a cool and unique thing but that also takes um you know we get 12 to 14 half barrels off this so pull two off and then now we have less lager finish out that's yeah, that that's a neat approach. Though. That's fun. I wish I wish I could build that kind of dynamic because you're absolutely right. And and there is something so charming about a you know four week old logger versus an eight week right. old logger. Exactly. But do, so are you moving through them fast enough that they're not loggering in keg? Uh, you know what I mean? Like like is yeah. It, I mean, mean that's not really. <laughs> I can't. I was gonna say. I imagine a week in in that size vessel you've essentially done two more weeks of lagering you know what i we, mean we were though i think we will once we get to spring and summer, summer. Yeah. um but like in november the first time we did uh the young hellas young lager hellas we ran through four half rolls of that in i want to say like two or three weeks like the first weekend, we we ran through an entire half barrel of that beer. It was crazy. I've never seen That's, anything like it. You know, it's amazing when you say those words. I automatically go to Sierra Keller, which went away about the time you did this, and I feel like you just found people like me and John who were like, "Ha ha! We don't need you, <laughs> Ken Grossman. We have this in our hometown now." <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what we're hoping for. Is I love it. I'm gonna brew a, a Nyack light. So I brewed a Snappy light and Snappy at 12 percent as they're like house loggers beers. So similar style, but just kind of pay homage to the village that we're living in and um, making it like an American 
German hybrid sort of low ABV lager that people nice. can come crush. Nice. Nice. Can you do that affordably enough? Every time I make a canoe to make John Hall happy. It's I not ju- it's not just me. It's not just me. It yeah, is the you tens and of other people. people. It's me. That you and two super other excited people. about. Yeah. But every time I make it just because of the type of brew we are and the fact that I only use the world's most expensive ingredients in anything to even break even on a fun you know tight little yeah. tight little 3% beer. Like you know what I mean like I want to drink a 3% beer in pony bottles 83 at a time and if i did that service a carton it would be a 16 dollar eight pack (laughs) you know what i mean so it's hard the math doesn't check out for the kind of drinking i want to do on it so i put it in 16 ounce cans and hope but you know what i mean like like in the in the serving tank format can you get away with making those and, and making them a thing your neighbors can drink out of large mugs all day every day i think so you know it's not that expensive to make. And then if we do a little bit of wholesale and do drops of Nyack light at all the bars within Nyack, it's half of the batch. And then we could serve the other half over our bar within a couple of weeks and just keep churning it out. Nice. Good for you. Keep doing that shit. I imagine Nyack drinking being exactly as you're doing it. So I hope your community fully supports you and never lets you down. Uh, All right, John Hall, where'd you end up on this I love it. There, there's a fun little coffee. cereal porter. I can't there's believe a fun you little love coffee this. thing. I'm okay there's, with me loving this because I don't I, hate beers I'm, like this, but you hate beers like this. I typically, but there is, it's not that over cloying sweetness. There are some really fun elements to it. I think it, it, it it's the difference between, okay, we're going to go through a catalog from some syrup company and we're going to, you know, do five pumps of this, three pumps of that, like whatever. It, it, this feels like there's, real stuff in there and whether or not they're just using better syrups i i i don't know but there's a fun coffee thing that almost has some sweet chicory on the back it's just yeah there's fun nuance to this and it's i i want i i want to say i wish more brewers were doing these styles of beers like this but that's not true like because then that would sort of ruin the specialness of it this is this is the oasis in the uh, yeah this this in the powdered sugar desert kind of thing so as nice as it is is only this nice in contrast to and then we put all the hershey syrup in the break tank yeah um zach i need your help here so on my last sip i got a tiny little waft of Ardennes fermentation um, on top of all those sweet sugary cereal things I was tasting at the beginning and that neat vanilla bourbon note um, or just vanilla note. I don't even want to say it's bourbon anymore because that's kind of gone. Um, there's a little tiny bit of banana. Are you getting that? Yeah, just a, a smallest of amount, but that could also just be pretty stressed like uso5 because it does okay. uso5 does throw that when it's but, a higher gravity but it finishes so dry so i'm kind yeah, of lost on this beer <laughs> very much the dryness is the key and the fact that well it definitely leaves me with a you know like a a a finish of of sugariness but not a sweet finish does that make sense yeah like the flavors i'm left with are sweet flavors but my mouth feels like i've been drinking a very like not even a hazy ipa you know what i mean like there's not even that much protein in it it feels like a proper beer has dried out my mouth does that make um, sense i'm really when you guys were saying banana this, before can i just it's yeah, like so brown banana right yes okay super like over, ripe like, banana yeah super like overripe like yeah, like yeah. like the ones yesterday Ready for you were gonna bread. make banana bread. Yeah, yesterday okay. you were gonna make banana bread. Right, absolutely, buddy. Um, but so let me ask the last question because this one has me confused, and I think this is modern brewing and not this beer. This beer doesn't feel to me like it's boozy at all, but because of style ideas, I've. I got to make it like 7% my head, but it drinks to me as clean and 
low key as the beer before it. Are you guys getting any heat on it? I'm thinking eight to nine. This reminds me of my stout that I brewed. That's 9.9% before I added maple syrup, real maple syrup, not fake maple syrup. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking, but it, I mean, I'm like between eight and 10% on this. Yeah. So that's my low. In... So this may be the most dangerous beer that's ever come on the show. Cause it's drinking to me. Like it might be six and a half percent. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm, and I'm like, well, I would drink the fuck out of this. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to do the reveals, Zach, since you're the guest and we don't have sure. a Kennedy to do his job? Yeah. Rip it open. Tell me what I'm drinking. <laughs> Whoa. What? Nice. What is wow. this? Wow. Dino s'mores. No way. Wait, from off color? Off color. No Isn't that way. that guy in Chicago that I love? Yeah, no. John. John's the yeah, man. John Lapp, right? Yeah. Um, but doesn't well, he make saisons? Wait a minute. Yeah, Imperial sometimes. marshmallow stout, ten and a half. Holy so malter, pale Vienna wheat, carrot two, extra special flaked oats, dark chocolate, and black roasted barley, nugget hops, and the secret ingredients: marshmallow, vanilla bean, molasses, graham flour, and cocoa nibs. Mm. Oh. Dino s'mores. Brewed in can by Off Color Brewing, Chicago, Illinois. And distributed by twelve percent. No, so so uh, look at this. This is Justin. Justin's uh he, he did it on purpose. Definitely did. They've been making this beer for a while, I think. I used to buy this Didn't when it? I was the beer buyer at the answer. This yeah. has everything in it. It's yeah. <laughs> is there a bourbon barrel version of this? I don't know. I hope so. I didn't know it is John Laffler, right? I didn't make that. Yeah, it is. So I didn't know he fucked around like this. Yeah, I think. But see, this makes sense, right? Because this is a there is a barrel aged version. Holy shit. (laughs) Nice. I think you might Um, need a time machine to go get it, though. What bothers me here is if, if he makes this beer and bourbon barrels ages it, why does Budweiser still make their bourbon barrel stout? I just don't get it. Like this is so nice. Why would anybody be buying the syrups? Great question. I, that's it's an existential question for for another time. It really yeah. is. I have I have thoughts on it, but I don't think All we right. have time to get into it. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> we got nine minutes. <laughs> Especially. Uh, Promise you'll be catty and we'll give you another hour. Well, I mean, the most addictive, <laughs> one of the most addictive substance on the face of the earth is sugar, right? Yep. And so you combine sugar with another addictive substance, alcohol, and then that becomes the driving force behind people's decision making. So it's like, you know, you're that's what these overly adjuncted sours are doing. They're playing on that. That's what these overly fruited sours are doing. They're playing on that. And it's like, it's not a healthy way to live your life. Or run a business. And it's it's so my real hang up if if I'm gonna put on my caddy pants about these flavors is and this is old man shit. But I think for me, beer was a grown-up flavor. Right. Right. And you knew you were grown up when you liked beer. You know what I mean? And keeping beer as a you know, keeping it in the world of infantile flavors. And what's funny is, like I said, this reminded me of children's breakfast cereal. So it's not above that. It's not not doing that in some way. But the fact that it still tastes like a beer, I think is why I'm so enraptured with it versus it tastes like breakfast cereal in a 12 ounce can. But by your argument, I could make a business of just refilling fruit gushers with Everclear. You could, I don't think, I don't think, John is doing that with this off-color beer at all. Like, yeah, no, I don't that's think what I'm saying. Sugar, yeah. sweetness, but, but I think like, what I there are breweries it. out there that do that, and it's oh, absolutely. But what I think I'm saying is what I what I respect about this one and why this one stuck out to me so much is every sip was still beer to some extent, and you know 100%. you've been handed cans of beer where you're like, why are we even calling this a beer? Like, like wouldn't this do better <laughs> as a seltzer? <clears throat> You know what I mean? Because people want to buy seltzers because they're afraid of beer. Even when did Yoohoo get good? Yeah, I've been handed cans of double IPA since we've opened this place, and like we, you know, we all the equipment to check the finishing gravity 
And uh, so we take a sip of it and it's like, I can't drink this. This is too sweet. And like, we let it decarb and then throw it into the, the Anton par. And it's at like finishing at 10 Plato. It's an 8% beer that's finishing at 10 Plato. And I'm like, most of my beers start around 10 Plato. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> it's, it's funny, be- although, all right. So, and this will be our last brewer to brewer talk, but that's why the people check in. I find what I'm arguing with myself is because because a lot of my beers and the, and the hero beers of cart boat and dub both finish down around one. I'm not kidding. Like they are dried the fuck out. But, you know, and understanding how palates work and all that, when you're looking for when you're looking to turn grapefruit into orange and orange into mango, you're not doing that with hop selection. You're doing it with finishing gravity. Right. So. I find myself really arguing with myself that if I really want, and I love these beers, I'm not being to these beers, but if I really want it to come out like super juicy, super fruity, all those kind of the best parts of this haze school, I really do need to let it finish up around three or four. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause that's what pushes that, that syrupy fruit juice out of it. Mm-hmm. But the idea of 10, like, can you do that without marshmallows and lactose? Like, how? Like, I don't have a yeast that wouldn't eat through ten. We can guess maltodextrin. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Hmm. But then you're that just using fake sweet. processed sugar, and how good is that? If you had to ballpark it right now, this this off color beer, you think it's north of ten? No, right? Oh no, there's no way. All right. Cool. All right, then we agree. All right, so um, we are about to do a letter show, so I won't ask for a letter here. I will say thanks, Zach. It was a lovely conversation. That really was. I am so delighted with what you're doing. Please keep it up. And I'm not shitting you. I do bike through Nyack um, quite often. So when you see a a, a tipsy old man in a bright orange cycling kit walk through the door, be like, that must be Carton. (laughs) Um, But... uh, we will see you soon. Um, what I'll do we need? See you next we week. Need... Oh, are you going oh, to yeah. a can some beers? No, I don't. We can't fit our canning line in the door there, unfortunately. But I'm going to go sink a sink a mug with Zach. It's never stopped pictures. you before. You know, for for my illustrious page, I drink oh. good beer. You might know of it. <laughs> I've heard of that. I've heard of yeah. that. Yeah. Some of the oh, best since, since, since everybody the else plugs their shit all the time, I might as well get a lick in. You know, I've oh, never played Carton Brewing <laughs> once, you motherfucker. All awesome. I do is create situations to make Andy Crouch rich. That's all I do. Um, <sighs> all right, so so what do we need to do? Everybody needs to go yes. to Zach and drink Zach's beers. And then, Cass, how do they give us money? And you're perfectly welcome to mention my brewery and the greatest beer in the history of the world while you're at it. <clears throat> um patreons thank you guys so much um you, you really do it for us uh you know you, you get us some ducats and that helps us get beers to our guests and uh do some other things so we appreciate that if you'd like to donate um kick us a couple patroons that is patreon.com slash steal this beer follow us on all the social medias at steal this beer uh see what we're drinking on untapped i think i got us somewhat caught up there might be a few gaps but whatever um, if there are hey, tim hitchings let us know right away yeah uh and write us letters uh we got a lot in the kitty for for an upcoming episode so thank y'all for writing in uh whatever the case may be and that's steal this beer podcast at gmail.com all right y'all get at us thanks